Welcome Wargamers, join your hosts, Falco and Monty, two Canadian wargaming enthusiasts, as we explore all aspects of tabletop wargaming. We roll dice, talk tactics, share hobby hacks, and explore new tabletop systems, all on the Trident Wargaming Podcast. Hey everybody, and welcome back to another episode. Uh, today's a little different. Uh, we're doing kind of a hobby uh, spotlight on uh, just people in the community. And today I have a good friend here, Phil. And hello, uh, how's it going? Good, good, very good. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> uh, so uh, Phil's one of our uh, local guys here. Uh, he's a gamer, uh, you know, does painting commissions, a hobbyist, you know, he even has his, he even has a couple of little players in his family as well. That's so, right. Up and coming. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So today we wanted to kind of do a spotlight on, uh, my little pony game studio, which is the studio that Phil, uh, runs and uh, has been very very successful uh, with his studio and the commissions and just gaming and hobbying that he does so well done <laughs> thank you thank you yeah <laughs> so, <laughs> so um but before we get started uh let's talk a little bit about what you're working on right now right now um well there's there's always two sides to that. There's what you're physically working on and then the gears in your brain, you know, what you want to <laughs> be working on <laughs> and, and what you're like planning, you know, midterm, long-term. Um, uh, I jumped on some some big uh, 40K uh, commission work right now, which is, which is fun. That's the, the game I started with. So it's really, I guess nice to go back to like your roots if you've mm -hmm. been away from it for a long time. I'm sure I see a lot of people post on you know, the Facebook groups for the different war games, you know, saying I started with this game back in middle school or high school or whatever it was. Yeah, it's always your first love, right? So, um, yeah, 40k, I'm doing a big Eldar army in like a kind of a grimy, gritty, dark kind of theme, uh, and then trying to trying to sneak some like little battle tech projects in just for some some people a lot of, uh, a couple of people reach out for like you know a lance here or a star there kind of thing so try and do like a chunk of eldar a little bit of battle tech like one squad nice. and a bunch more eldar and they're they're looking really really good I'm, I'm actually looking on your page right now and uh yeah that color the the bone and like oh thank you thank glossy, you glossy like that glossy looking black that you have yeah here. there there's a uh i think i looked up like crone world eldar like when i first the first time i i painted eldar for myself like years and years ago um third eye nuke studio i think was the was the one that had had done it and like google search or whatever i think back then it was like cool mini or not i was looking on okay and there's like really simplistic scheme like 
like at the time looked super intense. I was like, how would you, how would you, like you just said, like, how do you achieve all these like, you know, matte finishes and gloss finishes and all these cool color transitions and stuff. Um, like it just looked super cool and unique. I was like, there's no way I'd be able to figure this out. And then like now, you know, seven years later, I'm like, okay, it's like half an hour with an airbrush. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's easy, but, uh, but it looks, looks super cool. Yeah. So it's been fun. Uh, kind of like recreate it but like your own your own spin i guess nice on something because you never want to like one for one recreate something because then whenever somebody compliments you know like i like that or the the colors look cool or or you always feel like you're just ripping off you know the the inspiring source okay yeah so it's nice nice to have like something and you can relate to people this is where you know kind of the concept came from but this is how i interpret it nice that's pretty cool. It's nice mm, to... And yourself? Oh, go ahead. <laughs> uh, oh, myself. Uh, lately, it has been some Titanicus, Adeptus Titanicus. Um, mainly just trying to get my shit together. <laughs> Is it uh, for Titan- it, Titanicus? Sorry. Would that be like faction, like house factions? Uh, uh, I'm not... Yeah, so it's it's right now. I had previously done uh, a Legio Solaria. Okay. Um, and it's one of those um, Legio houses, like the larger Titans, that the color scheme for it is is very unique because you don't really see stuff like that too much. And it's you know they're they're green and red, but they have this like spotted, speckled kind of like faded white. Oh, um, cool! Like an accent panel or uh, accent color? It's all on their panel, but it's kind of like um. Um, kind of like a leopard almost, right? But it's just oh, cool. It's underneath green tones and then speckled with like white. And um, at first I ended up doing some sponge work with, with the greens. And I actually started getting like a texture to my panels. Yeah. Uh, just because the paint was a bit thicker and it was, you know, it was, you're applying it and it applies, you start layering on top of everything. So it, you got a rough okay. surface. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, I, um, uh, went uh, to where my my sister works at the uh, you know beauty department in the <laughs> pharmacy area, and yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. it's like you got some makeup you know applicators I could get, and uh, yeah, she's like take these; these are really good. And I started using these makeup applicators for like a little like a sponge, yeah, like a just, little, little know, oh yeah, yeah. okay, okay, yeah, you know half the size of your pinky nail kind of thing, and yeah. just uh, taking white and like doing the dry brush. I just thing. Like, I, I just looked up the. I, I, I'm just getting a picture of what you're what you're talking about. Yeah, I just looked up the the scheme. It, look, it looks good. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's like a it's like a green like weather beaten kind, yeah. of, kind of thing. I like that. Right. That's nice. So like I had originally left it with the green and made it like a really muted green, and I liked it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I started looking. I started looking more at the pictures, and I was like, something's missing. Something's missing. Something's missing. And uh, so I just one day decided to just start dabbing on it in a circular motion and kind of going from the center, more concentrated kind of, and then outwards and, and you know, um, mm-hmm. stay green and, and separating the the dots kind of thing, but not really dots, yep. but, you know. Yeah, yeah. And Like it, building up your texture kind yeah, of thing? Or your, it, your, your, I don't know what you mean. And it, and it worked. Like, it, it, it was a, um, a trial. And it, it worked out really well, so I went with it, and now that's going to be pretty much the basis of my paint job. Of course, you know, writing it, writing it down on my little 
notebook because I'll forget yep. that. Yeah, definitely. But uh, yeah, there's that. I've been doing that and then like taking, you know, like a, a silver marker and doing the trimming over again with the silver. Okay. Instead okay. Of a, I had like a beaten like copper that I used, but it wasn't quite the color that they used in the, the pictures. Gotcha. Like, like the trim outline? Yeah. I know Bill was saying he was looking at like the Sharpie markers for Yeah, exactly. For that's, the that's what I'm using. Oh, so, okay. Okay. Um, so yeah, the, and then that worked. And uh, once I get all the Titans into that same kind of um, state, then I'll decide if I'm going to do um, either a, a contrast uh, skeletal horde wash, or uh, or I'll go back with some of the AK and uh, try that filter kind of thing. So oh, nice. Okay, like to make it more of a gold or a bronze. Yeah, just to to mute it down a little bit more and uh, okay. kind of grime it up. Um, not as much as my white scars like I did. Like that was a lot of covering of lots of models yep. and a lot yep, of yep. Q-tips. So, <laughs> <laughs> so maybe just in certain spots, right? So yeah, I know what you mean. When you say Q-tips, uh, I always think back to well, I guess like a big big chain of mental events. There's like um, <laughs> I learned how to I learned how to do oil washing like years and years ago, and it was like one of those like hobby unlock moments, mm-hmm. you know, where like you you can like look back and there's like a pivotal point where you like you, you turned a corner and you broadened your horizon, like expanded like your, your toolkit by like a huge, huge amount. And then like from that, you like kind of springboard into like a bunch of other avenues. But I remember I was using oil washing for a lot of stuff. And like anytime I could use it, I would, I would, I felt it was like the go-to thing and, and it worked really well for a lot of stuff, but I would always get these little, like little wisps of Q-tips on my models mm-hmm. all the time. And I just hate <laughs> <laughs> hate holding my models up to like the light and pulling them off or but like if you don't get exactly yeah like you, you take a picture a finished picture and it's like all you can see is these like little white wisps everywhere you're like ah, i missed one and i was at i was at a 40k doubles tournament with a friend and uh one of the guys on the other side of the table is like can i look at your model and it's like sure yeah so he picks it up he's like wow it looks like nice uh nice color choices here this is like nice uh Nice contrast. It's like, oh, thanks. I was like really proud of it. He's like, what's a little, little white pubic hairs all oh, over God. your model? <laughs> I was like, oh man, it was just instantly like, oh, such a such a deflated balloon feeling. It's like, oh, face yeah, palm. Yeah. yeah, I knew exactly what he meant too. I was like, oh, I tried, I tried to get them all off there. Stupid Q-tips. I know I've caught myself with uh, like the pictures and like on some mm-hmm. of the mechs, and I'm like, oh, I can see a little squiggly. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Or it gets, yeah, it gets Photoshop stuck in the paint. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like under the paint layer, and then it gets varnished on, and you paint oh. over top of it. So it's like forever, just like a little little texture wisp. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's kind of, um, you know, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Kind of exactly. Yeah, I found uh, I, I, yeah, I found like Q-tip brand, like the actual brand has way, way um, more. way more saturated cotton on it. So I go to the dollar store and I buy the cheapest kind. It's like, yep. With the middle, with the plastic middle on it, and yep. it's yeah, yeah, and it's like it's like synthetic cotton, and it's wound way tighter, so it comes off less. You think like you know, better is better is uh, more expensive is better, but it's the opposite in this case. That's it's funny you say that because that's exactly what I did too. It's like okay, I want the one with the plastic shaft on it. They're yeah, way better yeah. and cheaper. Yeah, yeah, give me the cheapest ones. Yeah, I Get bought a bunch of. 
from Superstore and they I dipped it in like the mineral spirits and it just like it's all the little wisps like sloughed off onto my paper towel and I was like that's not good yeah, <laughs> yeah that's melted whatever fake cotton that was did not like the mineral spirits <laughs> oh the stories eh <laughs> <laughs> yeah I saw I saw your um your free worlds league uh looked really good too like your um mm, your Merrick ones you painted lens. up yep yeah that got me excited I gotta I gotta uh, I got a, a, a four mech thing, of, uh, but it's like per, the purple Merrick, the Merrick it, Militia. The Militia, yeah, that's right. That's right, yeah. Yeah, so, so it's not, I, I'd like to do the white one like you did there. That'll, hopefully in the near future I'll get something like that. It, it's funny because ever since, like, you know, I, I was introduced to the AK Interactive Streaking Grime, mm-hmm. um, I've almost, it's like all I want to do is paint white. Because it, <laughs> it, 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 yeah, it yeah. turns out so well. Right? It does. It does, and it's like one of those colors that's. It's so hard to do. Like unless you have like a plan for it, it it's like you can like your white scars or the or the Merrick ones, and like everybody's like, "How'd you do it? It looks it looks so good." Uh-huh. <laughs> it's such mm-hmm. a uh, a satisfying thing to pull off. Yeah, I think, uh, and it's funny because I, I know I was talking with Bill, and uh, he was he got some messages about, um, you know, uh, doing some little video vlogs of, of how we do certain things and this and that kind of thing. Right. Like hobby mm-hmm. hacks and, Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's, and that was one of them. I was like, you know, I'm just going to show guys how I do it. And it's literally going to be like, this is your model painted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is your model with AK. <laughs> just wait yeah, for the, her to be like, Oh my goodness. You know? <laughs> the before and after. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just like, uh, this like cool unveiling but it's like what it's like two steps yeah. <laughs> it's a lot it's anticlimactic from what you think it's going to be well and 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 that's the it's funny because I've, I've talked with hal um which mm-hmm. is a, a good friend of ours who's played a lot of games and been in the community for a long time as well um and like he uh, he sent me a picture and he was like damn you andy and he uh you know it was ak <laughs> interactive right yeah and uh, we were talking and it's like that'd be really good for your Comstar. You know. Oh yeah, definitely. And, uh, yeah. And we know, you know, Hal he does he's he's he struggles struggles with painting. Um, mm-hmm. but any kind of little easy advice or anything like that to, to help him out as well is great. And that's it's a really good tool for that, right? Yeah. It's a little messy. Yeah, but yeah. What's well, nice because you can do it with like a brush or an airbrush. Like it's mm-hmm. very very adaptable. <laughs> exactly. And and a lot of colors. I find yeah, like, I think I I got like the two different colors of streaking grime, where they have like a, a more reddy and then a more brown, or maybe it was a green one in there too. I can't remember. Oh they yeah, it's uh, streaking grime, and then there's like a winter streaking grime. Yeah, yeah, and then like a heavy, yeah, exactly, and then there's a heavy. Uh, what was it like dark brown wash and a couple other ones now, and it's like yeah. there are very very minor differences between them, but like if you do it on like a test, you know, like a test color, you can definitely see it's like. It, better better in the recesses for certain colors i guess the different different tones no definitely definitely and do you uh um when you do your ak is that your mm-hmm. final step for when you do your painting or do you go back and start you know tweaking and like putting some extra layers More highlights and stuff? Yeah. uh yeah uh at first yeah at first it was like my final like finish like your cockpit jeweling your metals all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. um and and now oh it it, it really depends um I've, I've been trying for probably the past two years i guess to to really get more comfortable with 
with doing <clears throat> doing things different ways, like doing metallic like metallics across a bunch of different models or a bunch of different projects, but approaching them in different ways. So I'm not always doing it the exact same way because I know right. it felt safe and very comfortable for such a long time. But you get into like a pitfall where it's like you need certain products, or you know you have to do some uh, something certain steps, and then they're always done the same way. And it was like it was comfortable, but it was like limiting at the same time. So now I'll try and do like I was doing some large scale BattleTech models, uh, like fifteen millimeter, like the six seven inch tall kind of guys. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and for those ones, yeah, I was trying to make sure that it was it was like a dark brown wash from ak interactive and i would try and do that last so it was kind of like everything's done the cockpits on the metals are done all the highlights and chipping and stuff is done i do that um i clean it off with the q-tips and then I, I varnish it to seal it and then it's it's complete i can mount it on a base and stick it on my shelf whatever but nice. i noticed sometimes when i look across a couple of the models i'd finished a lot of the highlights and stuff and the chipping like the you know you have like a little rust spots or like a chip paint spot and you go in and you like highlight the underside of it with like a lighter color yeah and make it stand out yeah so a lot of those like little chips were darker than i wanted them to be or completely like obliterated in some cases so yeah. um so now especially with like stuff like camo which i've been trying to practice more as well um i do it like midway through a project and then i leave my my, my metallics i don't do them at all until after the the ak and then that way I find the metallics have like a lot more truer shine to them because, you know, before okay. the AK, you varnish and then you do your AK interactive, like your enamels and stuff, varnish again to seal it and to like correct the texture and stuff. And then I do the metallics afterwards, generally now. Hmm. Hmm. That's uh, but, but, interesting. But like, yeah, it, it depends on, well, on like what kind of finish you want as well. Like if you want... Um, like a satin finish, uh, then it's not so bad because then your metals don't lose all the luster. But like I generally varnish something maybe three, four, five times across the course of like painting oh, wow. something. Yeah, like just to like lock in each layer. It's almost like a safe point, right? <clears throat> so if you do a bunch of colors and some highlights or something, then you can varnish it. And then if you're doing edge highlighting, say, or like putting some uh, shadows in the recess or something and you don't like what you did, you can just take a Q-tip or like a brush with some airbrush cleaner on it and basically like wipe it back to, to wherever you were before you started that, that step. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I've done that a couple times in the past. Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's yeah. a good little hobby hack for sure. For mm -hmm. sure. And then if you drop your model or something, there's less chance it's going to oh, get like yeah. a, <laughs> a pure, big scuff but... mark. Yeah. Then it just explodes. <laughs> <laughs> So, so if you guys are like interested in seeing what Phil does, uh, you can check him out on Facebook uh, at MLPG Studio, My Little Pony Game Studio, and he's also on Instagram as well. Mm -hmm. um, uh, check out his work; he's got tons of pictures. He's been like really heavy into BattleTech the last few months for sure. Yeah, um, yeah, it's been it's and, been a good feeling. And let me tell you some fantastic work um <laughs> I, I, I know the davians are still like you know <laughs> they just look so good um, uh, the davian guard like the yeah, blue one yeah yeah, yeah I, like, I like that scheme, i'm so. sure you've had tons of people like ask you how'd you get that blue you know um yeah yeah i'd say like anytime you post up and i 
I always admire people's stuff. Like I'll I'll spend probably the same as you, just like you know, half hour, an hour, just like scrolling through the the groups, like checking out all the you know sweet paint jobs and mm-hmm. you know like whether they're like highly detailed or like very simply done, it's like cool color combinations, you know, like different like effects people have done. It's always very interesting. I I generally don't reach out too much, I guess, because you'll see like somebody ask on the comments and like, how did you do that? And then, you know, there's no response for like three or four days. So yeah. I was, <laughs> I, I was trying not to like PM the person just because I know a lot of the times it can be like a little, little weird to get like a PM out of the blue. Yeah. but I've, I, I've done it too. Oh. Like, whereas just, I just make a little comment, you know? Just, yeah. Yeah. Kind of like saying like the, like the whole following thing without like writing following just in case like they, you know, do a, uh, like a paint list later on, you can like come back and like check up on it. Exactly. Exactly. But I, but I do really appreciate that one. Like somebody's got like a good rundown of like how they've done something specifically. Like I always just like screenshot mm-hmm. it on my phone, then like take a picture, screenshot the the image as well. So they're beside each other, like in my screenshot folder. Uh, so I do try and do that whenever somebody asks, like, how did you achieve this or that? I'll just make like a big in-depth kind of like sp- spiel on it and then i'll just copy it to my clipboard on my phone and that way i can paste it onto to whoever asks about it nice nice yeah, yeah. it's always always good to share that kind of stuff and help, yeah. help yeah. guys who are trying to you know better their painting or, or whatever right? definitely so, yeah um but yeah just uh blows my mind sometimes when i see your stuff so <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you but uh, that was that was kind of our hobby side of things, which is great. Um, how did you like? When did you get into like the the hobby, the the commission painting? You know, um, what really drew you into to get to the point that you're at right now? Um, what's I guess now it's um, something I'm pursuing more than I had in the past uh, because before previously I, I, I worked full time like now I'm a stay at home dad and before I had a like a career uh, job in trades so it was more of like a hobby thing uh, and I started off painting you know just painting your own stuff to, to play games right. um, and, and originally I had used actually a lot of painting services um, like ones from the states um, from the UK from Poland, like all over, you want to try a bunch of different spots, and I wasn't comfortable with my own stuff. And you fall into that pitfall of looking at pictures online, and everything you know looks so amazing, especially to a new player. Like everything is just the heavy metal effect, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, you're blown away by it. Just like there's no way I could ever, you know, achieve what all these people are doing. Um, so I would buy a lot of buy a lot of stuff painted on like ebay or whatever or, or lo- locally from guys that have been hobbyists for a long time okay but i'd also send send stuff away to get painted and, and sometimes you get it back and it looks awesome and you're super psyched about it and sometimes you get it back and it's like you know the, the pictures look great and then you realize that like there's a lot of photoshopping that happens there's a lot of like color correcting a lot of like oh, lighting yeah. and angles and saturation stuff. <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. yeah un- unprimed models in the bottom two-thirds of the model or whatever and uh, yeah, so eventually I just got to the point where I was like, no, I gotta like learn how to do it myself because I this is this is a fun hobby. It's an awesome thing to do. I want to do it long term. Like, I want to play games forever and try out different stuff. So mm-hmm. 
I got to get to the point where I'm comfortable doing my own my own stuff, uh, which which is tough. I see a lot of people on both sides of the fence, guys that love to play, but they don't like to paint, which I, I totally get. And then other guys that, you know, love to, to play or sorry to paint their stuff, but they don't get as much time to to play. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so when I was uh, working full-time, it was more of like a side gig. I would paint a lot of stuff for myself because I was kind of a meta chaser in the games that I was playing. I'll admit that. Um, I was a big kind of flavor of the month kind of guy (laughs) playing GW games. I'd always buy and paint up whatever the best army was, you know, to do the best that I could. And then I would sell whatever I was previously playing, you know, hopefully before it fell out of favor with GW and it was hard to sell. (laughs) but yeah, so I ended up paint, painting a lot of stuff and then selling it, painting a lot of stuff, selling it. And uh, just the faster I could paint and, and the more dynamic stuff I could paint, you know, the easier it was to sell and, and the more enjoyable it was to try and paint. Um, and then, yeah, eventually just just kind of turned into something where people were asking not just to buy the stuff that I was selling, but they were saying like, hey, I like what you did here or, or I would like you to paint something like this. Could you do it? And uh, it was it was a really cool concept to paint something for somebody else, you know, just like a straight interaction like that, like not not having it be something that was listed for sale. And I think that's what kicked off in my mind the possibility to to do like commission work, I guess, on a small scale. Nice, nice. And like you know, your your painting over the years of doing it, obviously you know, has gone to this point, like increased and, and gotten better and you tried different techniques and, yep, and definitely. whatnot. So was it, was a lot of it, like, did you take a course? Did you, did you, um, have a mentor for, for any of it or, or was it all kind of like self-taught and you did your research, you know, YouTube Ooh, videos, yeah, of uh, course, you know? Yeah, 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 definitely. <clears throat> um, I'd say a little bit of everything, to be honest. Um, there were people that I certainly learned a lot from. Um, like I, when, I guess when I mentioned before, like those kind of hobby check marks, so like those kind of like unlock. It's like right. a, I always felt it was like an achievement pops up on yeah. Steam kind of Bling. thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I remember I bought a, a Grey Knight army from my friend Barry Gurgle, who lives in, in town here. Uh, and everything looked so like pristine and, and beautiful. And I was worried that I couldn't, you know, I, I couldn't paint to that, that kind of quality. Um, but he, he came out and he showed me like how he airbrushed the weapon effects and stuff. Um, how he did like what the types of paints that he used for airbrushing. And that, uh, you know, made me feel a lot more comfortable. Nice. And then I ended up painting an army, you know, kind, kind of to match, I would say not the same quality, but, kind of to match and and that was a big confidence boost uh and then a couple other people too yeah just guys in our community um the hobby night in canada guys everyone i'd say all of them uh ward uh uh, steve lind mike sawada tom uh tom Mm -hmm. were very helpful they all had excellent tips to share i did go to a couple how to paint things um there was some like pretty big i guess i say pretty big but probably some of the biggest like names in, in miniature painting came to Calgary a couple times. We have a, an organization in Alberta here. Uh, I think it's Alberta. Min- what is it? Alberta. 
Oh man, it's it's a weird acronym. It's like it's like a, it's it's a joke one. It's called AMSA, Alberta Miniature Painters Society of Alberta, something like that. It's just okay. really goofy. As like a, it's like it's it's a joke thing, I guess the name wise. But um, Dallas he organizes and brings in these painters from from all over the world. So he brought in Servio. Um, do you remember that that Daniel Craig Space Marine that was on Facebook like a couple years ago? It was a Crimson Fist, and it had Daniel Craig's face. I don't, know if you saw that one. I don't remember that one actually. Okay, okay. Or there was another like large scale one in like the Crystal Brush um, competition, and it was a space wolf, and it had like a wolf beside him. Okay, it was like a big diorama, beautiful, like just stunning stuff. Um, Sergio, oh, I can't remember his last name. It's Spanish, obviously. Um, but Let's like start with a C. One of the, yes, yes, Calvio, Calvio, Cal- 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 yes. or something like that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like, uh, uh, I can't remember how to pronounce it, but he he came to Calgary. I think it was like 2017, 18, and Dallas had organized to fly him out, and it was part of his like North American tour. He did a bunch of stops and had a bunch of workshops, and it was like you you go over a two day thing. They supply you with a model, you bring all your own paints and your airbrush and stuff, and they they teach you how to paint. And it was it was informative, but at the same time, it's somebody that's like so above your skill ceiling, teaching you how they paint you really only pull away like <laughs> 20 to 30 percent of like whatever they're teaching you right it's just for them it's like a day at the office but for you it's like mind-blowing you know <laughs> let's no, be like epiphany yeah. level stuff it's just it's just hard to wrap it all your head around everything well it's not just but like I, you snap your fingers and you got it right like it's yeah no no definitely no like i it was it was i liked how he would uh, walk around and like give you one-to-one feedback that was very helpful because I, I i've watched a lot of youtube videos like you say a lot of like uh back when people used to do blogs you know like mm-hmm. painting blogs um where it's just pictures and like rundowns between each picture um tons of those and you get a lot of information from those but it's a whole nother thing to have somebody over your shoulder saying like no you know more contrast like more purples <laughs> get aggressive be excited and you're like yeah 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 i'm getting all you know fired up about it and i painted like some eyes on this barbarian that we were working on and i was like yeah this looks good and then he looks at it he's just like oh my god he's like that's, a go- that's the googliest face i've ever seen <laughs> you look at it again you're like yeah that's some bad googly eyes you're right that's <laughs> oh wow but but then you know but then he takes a brush with your hand like paints them black again and then like over the course of like three minutes paints in these like stunning looking eyes and you're just like oh that's how you do it. okay all right yeah all right i f- totally feel comfortable painting eyes now <laughs> <laughs> so yeah like th- those were awesome courses um I would say like a lot of a lot of value in them. You're not gonna. You have to be flexible with with learning new things. Right. Um, yeah, I know there was another one. Lands. Uh, I can't even. I definitely can't pronounce that one. But a lot of the guys that paint box art for like the a lot of the big companies um, and like people that sell busts and stuff like that. Um, I went to another one. I think in 2019 in Calgary. Uh, and it was, yeah, super, super informative. A lot of like non-metal metallics, a lot of, uh, undertones, like how to paint, how to pre-shade stuff, but not just like zenithal shading, you know, doing a lot more like interesting colors underneath of a skin tone to have it have different textures and shades. The different hues Um, and whatnot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't use any of that (laughs) so much now. Like I, I like I, I tried it, you know, a couple, a couple months ago, painting this like, uh, um, Jade Falcon kind of themed, uh, elemental I was working on 
Was that the, I was like, All right. the bust or the the? Yeah, uh, yeah, the okay. yeah the bust. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah my, my daughter wanted a uh, a pilot for a robot game we always play, so I was like, oh, I'll paint her uh, uh, oh, an yeah. elemental lady. Yeah, uh, and right I was now. like, so I, <laughs> yeah, so I started off with like a green a green face, like I painted her like the Hulk, and then I was like, I remember like green for like you know shadows underneath, and it's you end up picking up a lot of information that you apply to other aspects. So you may be working on a lot of non-metallic metals or something like that, or a lot of like skin or something, you know, someone showing you how to do things, but you don't necessarily use it for that same application later on down the road. So you might've learned how to paint skin, but maybe you paint a lot of robots now, like you're playing war machine or something, or, you know, 40 K and you're painting a lot of Titans, but you'll remember that information. So when you go to paint, you know, like a red Titan or something, you'll remember in the back of your mind that like I could use dark browns or dark purples or something to shade the red instead of a dark red. And that'll make it much more dynamic looking. Amplifies than it, it would yeah. have been. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And, I, and I've seen, you know, looking at, at all the miniatures that you've been painting in the last few months here and stuff, I can see, I can see that effect on, on some of your miniatures, right? Yeah, um, yeah. You know, you can see there's just a little bit of a different hue underneath. You know? Definitely. Yeah. And uh, it's it's interesting to see because like then you start thinking about it like myself. You know, okay, maybe I should try try that myself and see how it works for me, right? Like, because everybody Definitely. has their own different way of, of, of painting, and be it mm -hmm. you know uh, like your commission work, studio quality, or you know like tabletop quality, like myself, right? Like. It's it's always cool to to see and and listen and hear and even try out these different little techniques and just see where you can go from from there, right? So yeah, yeah. A lot of times you'll have like a like a myself probably the same as a lot of people have like a kind of a standard process for like how they paint a miniature. Mm -hmm. Like I, I loved I love watching Duncan Rhodes' stuff um, when he was with uh, GW doing like the yeah. was it. Is it Warhammer Weekly? I know it was the Warhammer community page would always promote it, but there's like the Warhammer painting channel. Like yeah, his little that. painting sessions that we would do and whatnot. Yeah. 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 And like it was like the perfect demeanor of a person to like sit down. And I always appreciated how he would show, well, okay, I guess 50 50. Appreciate, but also frustrating. <laughs> how he would, <laughs> how he would like show you a model and then like, He'd be like, okay, we're going to put the base coat on, like, the entire model with, like, this, like, large brush. I'm just like, just airbrush it. But, yeah. <laughs> like, that's that's half of my mind is saying. But the other half is just, like, like clapping, like, bravo. This is for people of all calibers. Like, anybody can pick up a brush and put the base coat on because they're seeing you do it. So yeah. it makes complete sense to me. Yes, definitely. But then the other, the other half of my brain is just like, you can save so much time. <laughs> you should promote airbrush usage. <laughs> uh, That's funny. That's funny. But, yeah, you're, like, watching somebody paint, like, all these steps where it's, like, base color, shade, uh, redo your base color, do a highlight, maybe do a second highlight, then move on to the next next kind of color. And that's a lot of the times, you know, what, what I would do. But it it was a lot more exciting, I guess, to start developing like different different ways to do things or just even shortcuts, honestly. Mm -hmm. Um like a lot of a lot of times I'll see people comment whether it's on Reddit or Instagram. Um they'll guess, you know, like was that a you know this color and 
to start and then like a zenithal shade like everyone's just obsessed with like is that a zenithal shade of this sort of color as well and for i guess those people that don't know zenithal shading is like um highlighting from above above your model so if you have a model that's primed black and then you spray from the top down holding your model in your hand looking at the top of it uh like a white or a light gray or something it if, makes the effect that like light is being cast down on your model so that you'll have um, lighter portions of the model on top and then darker on the bottom. So you could put an ink or something over top of that and it would have a kind of rough transition of like dark, if it's a red ink, like dark red and the recesses to bright red on top. Um, right. So a lot of people guess that's, you know, what you've done. Um, but it's very, very like one dimensional feeling a lot of the time. So I find I'll, I'll do a bunch of different highlighting through successively brighter paints. Like for those Davians, like you're, you're mentioning before, you start with like a, like a black, just a black primer, then like a dark blue, more or less in a zenithal pattern. Um, but then you'll start zeroing in on like shoulders, head, um, tops of like knees or like legs, you know, yeah. uh, spots where light would hit with like a medium blue. And then with like not quite a light blue because I find blue is a hard color for me to paint. Oh, tell it's me easy, about it. easy. <laughs> yeah, right. Like blue and red is another one too, where it's easy to like wash out a whole area of a model that you're doing um, by going too bright of a highlight. But you're just kind of like easing in little, little, very focused highlights. Um, and then a lot of the times now, I'll just come in after I'm feel like I'm done painting a model with my airbrush and I'll do inks like thinned out inks with water from below like a reverse zenithal. Okay. And it it brings back a lot of the the contrast punch because a lot of the times you will get carried away doing highlights and you're going to have it way brighter or a lot more washed out than you want it to be. Yeah. So by coming in from the bottom like 45 degree angle with you know like a medium shadow and then from the very bottom with a dark shadow again. Um, you can really color correct a lot of that stuff. I haven't tried the uh, the underneath uh, way that you just mentioned, um, but I'm going to have to give that a try. So, yeah, um, yeah, I would say it, like definitely just thin out. Um, I think it was one of the courses I took. I think it was the Sergio one um, where I had, you know, I thought I had done some pretty, you know, pretty nice blending up to like a, what I thought was the highest color at the top for doing skin. Like, you know, you, you paint like a light, like light skin tone. Uh, and then he came over and he's like, no, like way, way brighter. Like turn it up to like 11 on the, on the top <laughs> parts. And I was like, whoa, okay. All right. So I, I did it. Like he, he did like a small portion on like a ab muscle or something. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> it's yeah. like, it's like electric city over here. So that he went down the line to like the other people. And I was like, okay. So I, did the same thing on all the other parts and he came back and he's like yes good 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 and i was like it looks terrible <laughs> like in my mind i was like it looks crazy and then uh then he showed me he's like all right and i get a breakout like a purple paint or a uh, you know dark brown flesh tone or something and then you flip your model over and then you you from the bottom side put a lot of like shading in very like translucent like a lot of thin layers over and over and over again and then i i go back and i look at the like the, a lot of the projects and artwork that he's done and you can tell yeah like yeah he's like dialed it up to like 11 or 12 with the highlights and then flipped it over and and used a lot of these like hmm. thin transparent things to saturate the bottom side and it just it makes it look so uh 
don't know what the term would be, I guess. Just it's like such such a smooth gradient going going across the model that you don't you like wonder how it's possible until you see somebody do it and you're like it makes total sense. Yeah, but it it makes the it makes the like those shaded portions like pretty prominent too, right? Like mm-hmm. and then of course going from the dark to light you can really see the change and you can see the shot like i'm looking at again i'm looking at your uh i think it's an enforcer okay yeah and you can see it's it you know the dark spots on the panels on the darker you know the the angle panels that are towards the bottom part of the mech right yeah yeah and, is and that you, the the Lear, the Lyran guard ones or the uh fedcom i th- oh like the yeah, blue and two, white um two davian lances prepped Oh, okay, yeah, Dave. Okay, it's before gotcha. the pinstripes, I think. So, okay, okay. But uh, yeah, yeah, ex- exactly. So, like, if you have like a rounded shoulder pad or something like on an atlas, or or even even a lot of like definition across the top of a model, um, a lot of times if you over highlight, you know, and and you're like, well, now it looks like baby blue, and I wanted that to be like, yeah. you know, dark recesses. Yeah, just pick up like a you know a Vallejo blue ink or something, thin it down with like some water or some thinner, and just do like a couple translucent passes at like even even just like straight at your model like right right level with it and it'll color correct it back to blue but it'll leave the top you know a highlighted surface again a lot of times you're gonna mess it up you know the first couple times you do it but you just come back in and you do you rehighlight the top parts if you need to and then you come back with shadows in the bottom and back and forth the, the more back and forth you do the better it's going to look like the more natural the shading is going to is going to appear to be instead of just like very obviously one one angle of application <laughs> yeah it, it's a lot of patience too right yeah yeah, yeah. so for any of you yeah, out there trying it just remember <laughs> take your time yes. Yeah, so many times you're like three hours into something and you're like, all right, I only allotted two hours for this, but it looks like garbage. <laughs> <laughs> and then you spend that one extra hour and you're like, all right, no, I'm, I'm happy. This is good. When when you, the, the frustrated noise you made there made, reminds me of Hal, our friend, because he's always just like, nope. Like, I'm like, Hal, you should you do this and this and maybe try this? He's like, nope, way too much time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm staying within my time bracket, which is totally, totally understandable. <laughs> yeah. yeah, not everybody has, like, you know, a bunch of hours to throw at something. And there's nothing worse than, like, trying something and having it fail and then being like, well, I can either live with this, which I hate, or <laughs> or strip it and do it again. But then it's going to go, like, a shove to the back of your lineup to paint, right? Yeah, no, for sure. It's pretty, pretty uh, but, interesting to see and hear, you know, the thought process behind it. So, yeah, I, I get a lot of a lot of solo time painting. So there's a lot of a lot of <laughs> a lot of thoughts going through your head over over months and months. Um, but uh, I guess back to the commission question. Um, so I went from small time commission work when I was working, and then now that I don't work, I just hang out with my kids and my wife, and and you know basically a chauffeur um for little people uh <laughs> i try and a lot like five six hours and a day um roughly that i that i paint so um i'll try and have definitely now like a a procedure or um steps that i follow or before i would do a lot of like trying stuff and winging it kind of idea yeah yeah. Now I'll, I'll try and have like a rough plan of like what I'm trying to achieve each day or like over the span of a week, just, just so I make sure I get everything done that I want to get done. That's a good, good way of doing it. 
Yeah. I know I'm yeah. pretty sporadic, so it's like the flavor of the day. Yeah, yeah. I'm working on this World War II tank. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, sprue over there, ah, I could wait, you know. Yeah, or inspiration. Yeah, inspiration hits, and they're just like, "Sorry, tank, you're getting shoved back yeah. a couple of days. I'm gonna do this. I really want to do this time." But you know, you work like a 12-hour day or something, and some maybe you were thinking about painting all day, and you get home, and you just don't have the energy to do it. Yeah, no, I'm I'm logging on MechWarrior online. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Your buddy, yeah, your buddy hits a group chat with like anybody hopping on. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I am. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely am. But um. But talking about games and stuff too, like um, not only you know you do commission work and, and the hobby work, but you also had had ran some events as well. Like you had your own mm-hmm. events going. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I know you were what, Ninth Age was your uh, was one of the big ones for you, right? Yeah, yeah. I had always wanted to play uh, Warhammer Fantasy. Like I remember as like a kid reading the the rule books all the time, and it was like really really inspiring and attractive to me like all the the large unit combat and stuff so when i started playing war games originally it was 40k and i wanted to try fantasy but everyone kept telling me like oh it's you know eighth edition right now and they're just launching something called like end times we don't know what's going to happen so maybe like don't buy a bunch of stuff wait and see what's going to (laughs) happen which luckily i followed their advice and i didn't so yeah i ended up missing out on the fantasy boat and then um ninth age fantasy battles launched i can't remember when mid 2000 like the teens um and it was the first community well it still is community driven game where it's like the next chapter of fantasy battles like games workshop would have had um but it's much more balanced like everybody's army is good you don't have to wait like you're once every three years for your army book to be good and powerful um everybody's evil like even playing field where it comes to like power distribution okay. um and it's super fun yeah i like the the community i love the the rules were super easy to interpret you know there's not a lot of fights and stuff not a lot of like people gaming the rules and being oh, okay yeah yeah argument yeah very or something like that. exactly yeah. yeah yeah not a lot of that happening um and you had a fair bit of people playing that game because i remember the one event that I, I went to there um playing like the heresy games you know, yeah you, you had quite a f- bunch of people playing yeah yeah at the, at, the, at the legion yeah i think that was like uh i think we had maybe 30 38 40 people yeah generally for alberta we'd get probably i would say like high 30s to or low 40 turnout for for ninth age especially yeah. if it was teams like i like doing the team events where you have mm, that's right four four person or five person teams and then like one of the players is a captain and then each of you has to take a different army book um we started doing that as well for 40k um maybe well i guess pre-covid so nothing for the last two years because uh, it's been like a minefield as an event organizer <laughs> yeah but but uh three years previous to covid yeah we started doing that for 40k and ninth age we do combo events where it was both and it was yeah, yeah. the most fun at events i i would say is playing with like your you know three four or five person team just because like you're you're all in it together and you're either like winning together and it's an awesome day or you're all losing together and you're all like whining and complaining about like how bad your matchups were and... i'll be at the bar exactly yeah yeah you blame each other for just like man i got a draw you you lost it for us so whatever right or or you look you look down the row of tables and you're just like 
getting looking for that thumbs up or thumbs down from your teammates, and you're getting a bunch of thumbs down. So it's like, all right, hail Mary, I'll, I'll do my best. <laughs> yeah, that's that's one thing that um, in events that uh, I have not been able to partake in is like those team team events or team, uh, um, you know. Yeah, the multi-person one. Yeah, 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 like like multiplayer games. Yeah, I've, I've you know like big APOC games and stuff like that. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, we just had a you... uh, we just had a tank war. Or I just had a tank war event at Red Claw here, um, and it was uh, I had teams of two, which was great. So like like a doubles, like a like a yeah. two people on each side. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, it was um, it was a good event because it was and, and it's going to be on one of our episodes later on, but. Uh, um, yeah, it was two people per per uh, team, and I just kind of matched people up and tried to make some teams look pretty even for for looking at the tanks that everybody brought, right? Okay, yeah. And then did I tried you guys to... match it like theme wise, like like yeah, uh, factions so, or something? Yeah, so I tried to. Um, we had an overabundance of Americans. Um, yeah. That day, so <laughs> uh, you know, trying to do the Axis and Allies part of it, um, it actually did turn out, and you know, I had. Uh, Germans, I think two teams of Germans, and then everybody else was like American, American, American. There was one Canadian, and then uh, a new player of ours had an Italian force, and I was playing as the Soviets, so I went with the uh, Italian player and, and uh, just went as like captured Soviets kind of thing, tanks. Okay, yeah. yeah. And uh, it worked out good. Um, but yeah, just everybody had fun, right? Like those team events. Uh, were really fun to do and you know yeah, you yeah. get to see what happens and you can see some of the players are kind of like you know okay we're gonna do this you know and plot and a little bit you know like everybody's getting a little uh, yeah, hyped yeah. you know getting these plans <laughs> oh yeah you want to take, take yeah. that guy out you know yeah, it's hard to take um, multi-person events like as seriously like if you're a competitive player because like it, there's just like a like a goofy crazy factor like injected mm -hmm. into your games like you never know what's going to happen between like four people more so than just two people but it's it's yeah if enjoyment wise it's just more enjoyable more ca casually enjoyable to play with a buddy on the other like on your side of the table yeah than just by yourself yeah and uh it was like brought to my not brought to my attention but it was talked about with me is um next time kind of i do one of those we can do like um people can pre make their team kind of thing. Oh yeah. So yeah. like people can group up and okay, I want to be teammate with this guy. Okay, cool. Yeah. And then they can they can, you know, talk about their force kind of thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and plan before. Yeah, that that I think that's probably one of the biggest reasons why the team events are such a success is because you have, you know, three, four, five people on a team, you all have to pick a different faction and a lot mm -hmm. of the times you're picking a different like type of list as well right like you might have like an artillery guy a melee guy you know a ranged guy a fast mover guy a psychic guy you know whatever whatever format you're playing or whatever system yeah. you're playing um a lot of times we'll have like you know three really aggressive armies that are like matched up with with books army books or codexes that can do that well and then we'll have like two beater lists like two people that just like they don't care what they play they're not playing to like <laughs> knock out win everybody they're yeah. just playing to like slog and grind and like be hell for the other person to like 
you know come come to blows with yeah just and, in and, the grinder and, yeah yeah exactly yeah and, and they're like they're, they take pride in that right they're just like oh i'm, I'm the beater guy if you get a matchup that's unfavorable throw me at them <laughs> like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna get tabled but i'm probably not gonna win and yeah, a lot of times so yeah no go ahead go ahead Phil. well a lot of times we'll um we'll post up lists as well so i'll I'll get everybody's army lists. I'll say like, "Hey, team captains, you got to send me, you know, all four or five of your army lists, or whatever, in like a word file." And then I'll organize them all into like one giant, huge, fat post. And then uh, I think it'll be like two weeks out. Everybody submits their lists, say, and then like a week out, I post up everybody's list, like all across all the teams and the matchups. So like you can talk with your buddies and your team for like a whole week before the event you know exactly which team you're facing and you can talk between your guys like all right i really want to play you know as the uh bretonian player or whatever or like the or like the vampires player like i i will definitely face you know which team you're playing so like i definitely will fight like these three armies like put me in coach for these three but like don't throw me at these two and there's like just like a lot of strategizing and like shop talk that goes on between your team the week previous to the to the event and it's it's ton of fun and excitement just talking about it getting hyped about it yeah i can i can see how that how that would be like pretty exciting to kind of go through and do because like if you know the players like in the community and you know the teams and stuff you know or you know like the quality of player you know like you can you can be pitting your best player against their best player kind of thing right definitely you know um so there's yeah that's a whole we have never really I think it may have came up once somewhat like that um, okay and um yeah there was like a, a group of like 10 of us split into five you know two teams and yep. you had to like attack a planet so you would pit and this isn't the heresy world of course um so you know it'd be like okay who's gonna play this guy right and it's like i'll take him on you know that kind of thing or the mission was slightly different and like uh my army's pretty good for this mission i'll do it you know yeah 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 that's awesome yeah you feel like more uh it's like more interactive or like strategic for sure where you're just like you can take pride in like a role that you've designed your army for and Mm -hmm. then like implementing that role we went um uh we did for for ninth age fantasy in 2018 we went to croatia for the european Damn. team championships um yeah it was like for team canada which it sounds ooh, crazy huge but there was like very low representation from like north america just because like it's so far to travel or whatever right and yeah. it's like a, a smaller game like you go to a, a game store and you can be like hey anybody playing 40k today and three people raise their hand or five people and you say like anybody playing ninth age fantasy and like one person's like what what's that <laughs> yeah yeah fantasy dead yeah. <laughs> but uh so you know it's like basically it was like the eight people that like had the money and the time off to go what could go but 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 you're right when you say like you just line up your best players for the most favorable matches and just like launch them just like all right guys try and get your 20 and 0 victories because <laughs> the rest of us are gonna go aim for that draw <laughs> nice. <laughs> or like try not to lose points nice. but but yeah I, I love the i think it would be much cooler in a narrative environment like if you're playing heresy and you had like a story attached to it i think that would be 
that would be a lot of fun compared to just like picking favorable matches like for points in an event, which is you know fun if you're a competitive player. But I think it'd be a lot cooler to think like you're storming Istvan, you know, and you're you know the loyalist army, and like your two or three buddies with you are also the loyalist forces. I think that would be cool, yeah. like a thematic thing to do. Yeah, that's that's where that's the whole thing with with a lot of these games and like a lot of you know when a lot of people talk about narrative. Um, having certain things or certain interactions with games or little interactions within missions and coming up with ideas of the missions and stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and even, and even like having specific terrain, like custom terrain yeah, for these events, or of course, you know, custom terrain takes a long time to do, it but does. Uh, that's a whole other story. Um, <laughs> but when you go to those kind of events and like you, you have such an awesome time, right? Yeah. Like oh, it's, it's like super memorable compared to like exactly. anything else. Well, to be fair, like at the other end of the spectrum, the, the events with the worst terrain are also very memorable. <laughs> <laughs> Generally, like, especially if you go with a bunch of friends, like that was garbage tables. That's why we all lost. So that, that has come up. That has come up. Uh, let me tell you, it was a road trip and that's pretty much what we pinned it on. It was just, you know what? It was a shit event. We could have done this back home. <laughs> It was a road trip. That's all we counted, chalked it up as, right? So. Yeah, just just a, just a getaway, just a, just a time away with your friends. But. Yeah, the, the the unique like one-offs, especially like you look over at a system if you're at a, a convention or something. Like if you're playing, like you you and you and Bill go to the LVO pretty much every year. Mm-hmm. Um, I I went a couple years in the past, and I remember looking over playing on the the 40k like championships event where it's like. I don't know, 300, 400, 500 people. Like it's yeah. getting bigger, it's bigger. Insane. Yeah. And it's like, but it's just, it's like for the most part, cookie cutter tables. Like, like yeah. they look fine. Nothing wrong with them. Like a good amount of terrain, but it's like two L shaped buildings in the middle, scattered terrain on the outsides. And then you look over on the, the narrative games, like the 40 K narrative or the 30 K like heresy tables. And you're just like, man, what a story. Like you're, you're, you're literally playing out like mm-hmm. something from a novel. And it is so much cooler than just like, two l-shaped buildings painted you know neon green neon red with like a bad footprint that doesn't have any flock on it <laughs> and, and it's, it's just like it, it's so good. funny how you you uh mentioned you know it, it's like it's telling a story right mm-hmm. um it's uh like that world war ii bolt action uh that uh, i had those guys do at your event there that time yeah um I remember, you know, a couple of players from Ninth Age were coming over, their games were done, they came over and they were looking at the terrain and stuff and they're like, wow, that looks like I'm watching a movie or something. I'm telling a story. I want to play on those boards, right? Yeah, it's like like a diorama, like a a four by four diorama. It's like, this is like clearly Normandy Beach. This is clearly like, you know, like a French village. Like there's like little signposts and stuff. And like, what's the, what's... Oh, there's like a word that I can never pronounce. It's like it's like shrubs, bro. Bro The bocage, bocage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) There you go. I know that one too well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just like all these like little touches. You're just like, yeah. It's like it's like when you go to the model train exhibit as like a kid. You're just like, this is this blows me away, man. This is amazing. This is like a tiny world on a table. And 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 that's exactly it. And like you know, I I continuously give my boys 
in the bolt action community props because like they've made their own terrain and they've they've hauled their own terrain like they did it to that for that event they hauled their own stuff in yeah and yeah. uh like they had a plan like every round um that because it was like a a, a de-escalation kind of event yeah every round the maps changed and there oh, was, that and there was cool. a theme so it was like you're storming the beaches. You're fighting inland. Now you're going after the the bridge and that separates the town from from the yeah you yeah know, outer areas, right? And like they set everything up. They pre-built stuff. They got stuff painted. They three D printed. Like yeah, that's yeah. the kind of stuff I want to do. And oh, that draws in so many people too. Like it yes. just people get hyped and excited by it. Yes. Um, the a lot of times, like at the last couple events I did. Um, I, I would try and make at least two tables, usually try and try for three, like three thematic tables that had a lot of terrain, a lot of like unique homemade terrain mm -hmm. that I would do myself. And then I would just raffle off the, the tables as prizes. And then nice. whoever won them would just take them home. And then they would usually be like, you know, the center, like if you've got 20 or 24 tables or something, I try and make sure like they're, you know the four four center tables whatever and everyone's trying to play on them just because they look really cool and they're all you know maybe like a desert one and then like a city fight one or a swamp one or an arctic one or whatever they are but it's all you know very dense and like detailed terrain to match whatever the theme for the table is and then yeah like they get it if they win it they take the mat and all the terrain home with them but i, I find like yeah just thinking up thinking up ideas and then like implementing them and making them and then when people play on them it's like it's super cool and memorable and and everyone's you know regaling of times like they they remember exactly what happened in their missions on those yep. cool tables right exactly. um, there was a there was a group out of calgary um a bunch of guys that sadly haven't got to see in the last couple of years just because of current current climate but um top i'm was the group name uh, it was a bunch of guys out of calgary and they had a a duo event every year where it was like 40k and fantasy and i think it was maybe only 12 to 16 players per system but they would hold it in like a like a nice little community center with like a outside barbecue lunch um it was two days i think six six games five or six games over the two days and we'd all drive down um but every table was unique terrain and and missions and they would put all the missions like far in advance with all the rules so you nice. could read up and plan your army around it but it was all missions that like had to do with like pop culture and uh different like movies <clears throat> and popular popular fiction so they had like uh what was one like for 40k they played um hill 34 which is a movie reference yeah. i'm not familiar with okay probably like a military movie or yeah. army movie yeah. okay okay so it was like a, a bunch of like hills with like burned out like vedettes and like valkyrie gunships and stuff and then they would have like random objectives that would drop from the sky each turn and like if you were near an objective you'd have to like move over to it see what it was that you captured and sometimes it would be like resupply that would like bring your ammo back to full or something mm. like that or your, or your troops back to full um they had a like a star wars one where you had like it was what's the what's the 40k when you're space battling search the nam um, uh zomortalis mortalis there you go yeah, yeah. um so it was, it was like a full mortalis board and it was like all these like remind me of like starcraft one where you're going through like the, the terran the terran worlds right and you got to open all the doors and the turrets the pop bunkers or whatever yeah. yeah 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 raiders driving around yeah and his little little vulture um so yeah it was like two 
each half of the board was a bunch of corridors and you had you either got c3po or r2d2 and c3po was crappy at his job and made a bunch more noise so he drawed more enemies towards you but he was worth more points and r2d2 opened the doors faster but he was worth less points and it was whoever's army got to the center hangar and got in their ship and took off first one nice um yeah but you couldn't like jump over the walls you had to move down the hallways and open doors and stuff yeah, and, yeah. uh yeah just a lot of cool ideas like that or there'd be like ones with, like artillery bombardments hitting the middle of the table there's one called uh, thomas the murder engine where it had like a <laughs> thomas the train toy going down the middle of the table like straight across the middle and he would drive down the table a random like you'd roll a you know, two or three D six and he would move that far and then he would broadside everybody, all the models that he touched or like met up alongside along okay. the table. Yeah, yeah. And just like just devastate your stuff unless you were hiding in bunkers. But if you were hiding in bunkers, you weren't capturing objectives or killing opponents. So hmm. But it was always like, I think I went maybe two or three years, and every year it was like the most memorable event of the year just because of the time and the effort people had put in to making all these cool, you know, scenarios and tables. Nice. So eventually, that, that's what I would like to do is, is once we get back to having full events, is I'd like to have a yearly team event because I really, really enjoy doing those ones um, for whatever whatever system. I'd like, to, I'd like to do something with you and Bill when it comes to, to Battletech for sure. That would be high on my priority. And then have something like a 40k or a fantasy as well where there's like a team event. But I'd also like to start doing something more similar to that where you're having like unique custom tailored scenarios, I guess. Like a yeah. smaller player count because it's tough to have a lot of tables like that. But but something like that where guys just like talk about it the whole year, right? Like with their friends, like what exactly happened or the missions they played or all these crazy shenanigans. Remember moments, yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah, yeah. I remember uh, playing a really close buddy of mine who was like, a, we were on the same team for a lot of things, but we were like always the top two people in events for like a two-year span. It was either like he was winning or I was winning, and the other person was second place. And we always like hope we didn't play each other because <laughs> <laughs> we were just always like kick each other's butts. Uh, and we ended up playing, it was like a, an Ultra or like a Avengers-themed um map where ultron was like raising up all these little necron warriors which is like little ultron drones and they were trying to get to the center of the table so you could fight each other like kill each other it was a 40k game um but you also had to kill the ultron robots before they got to the center of the map because if they touched the center uh thing it was supposed to be like Sarkovia from the movie if they hit the button it would like drop Sarkovia down onto the earth and like kill everybody on the table and you both got a major loss Hmm. So it's like you had to balance between like killing off the Ultron robots and killing off your opponent. But if you killed off too much of your opponent, he wouldn't kill off the Ultron robots on his side of the table, and then you would both lose. <laughs> That's an interesting take on a game, yeah. Yeah, That's yeah, crazy. It was, yeah. It was weird, <laughs> but yeah, I can I can see definitely where that that would be like that f fun kind of game day event where it's just some crazy fun missions like that with themes and yeah. stuff and. Yeah, very memorable. Like, yeah. you, you might make an army list for a regular event and just get totally curb stomped, you know? <laughs> but yeah. uh, Or you might make something totally off the wall and do well. But it's, it's always just a, the enjoyment of hanging out with your buddies and playing something playing oh, something new and exciting. Sure. All the time, right? All the time. I know um, that's kind of where I'm, I'm kind of at myself, too, with, like, yes, you know, tournaments, okay, cool. Like, done a few of them. And uh, they're enjoyable to a point, but doing actual, like, 
events where things are custom and, and you know the games are going good and people are just having fun and and it's just a you know make it a one day or two day event kind of thing mm-hmm. it has a little bit of a story to it and you know whatever else down the road to make it that much more memorable for players that will yeah, bring exactly. people back right as well so you know definitely yeah, well, definitely with uh, <clears throat> the games out there nowadays and like you know with the big hype on BattleTech, I'm, I'm sure things can get uh, get going on that and like try to create something once uh, once we get back to more events and uh, and whatnot because that's I know for me like BattleTech is is it's one of my favorites for sure um, and of course you know I'm big into like bolt action as well so yeah um, but uh, yeah that's the talk of events and you know games and and been playing games for the last little bit now too it's just the uh the excitement's back right so yeah yeah it's felt good since like you know christmas like december january being able to like meet up with people and and roll dice in person has been very invigorating for for hobby mojo i think for a lot of people definitely uh you know it'd be great too is um uh, just like we did you know last time we were at your place there uh is uh you know that kind of camp out kind of game day you know at uh at your place or something like that yeah and, yeah uh, i know i talked yeah, with maybe bill. like a weekend of it yeah and I, I, I talked with bill too about it it's like we should rent like a lot you know out at some park or something and just guys come out with their games and their and their uh their miniatures and just roll games for the long weekend kind of thing you know fire pit, yeah yeah all that kind of stuff yeah yeah totally so. Yeah, there's a couple halls um, halls near us, like our place. Like one that I rent for big events. It's a little expensive though. Like if you're, if anybody's, you know, living in a, a big city or something, a lot of times you can get cheap community halls, like sort of surrounding places, yeah. like little towns and stuff near you. And sometimes it can be as cheap as like, I think at first I was paying 180 bucks for a weekend for a hall that it suits or fits maybe um, eight to ten like four by six tables so like you can't have a huge event there but like it's like a blast for playing you know like triumph and treachery or something or if you're going to do like a like a bolt action thing with like you know six really detailed tables like awesome and it has like a kitchen and then the fridge and stuff but and it can get all the way up to twelve hundred dollars for a weekend for doing like a big big haul you're gonna have like a hundred hundred and fifty players at or something but um yeah, a lot of times if you get a place like that, it's awesome because people can set up tents outside. They can set up their trailers. You can have you know fire pits when you close down the hall in the yeah. evenings. <laughs> and it's it's fun to travel for for play. Like it's it's cool to hang out with your buddies in a hotel in a town you know you don't live in. But at the same time, it's probably way more fun to to go camp out someplace where you're That's playing games exactly all day. It. Yeah, hanging out like, the fire pit, having some beer. Whatever. Well, beers and those memorable moments come up, mm-hmm. you know. And, yeah, hey, yeah. Buckman, you know, hey, you know, that kind of thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where's the salted pork, you know? Yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can't wait for that. I think this is going to be a really good year for, for getting back to, like, meetups and yeah, just, just good, good, clean fun like that in person. Exactly. Couldn't say, you know, better than that, man. So... But yeah, that I think that's that's a good place to pretty much end this episode. I think is Sounds just good. you know um, getting back to those good times. So uh, again, yeah. 
thanks Phil for for joining me on it. This was very enjoyable. Um, it's awesome to to hear you know your side of the the story for the hobby and, and your journey as well. Anytime, yeah. And um, again, guys, if uh, you know you are interested in any of Phil's work, uh, Facebook, Instagram, My Little Pony Game Studio. You know, if you see what you like, hit him up. He's always uh, welcoming more commissions usually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, generally. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm, I got a good, like, two months ahead of me here. But I'm always squeaking people in. And if you have any, any questions whatsoever and you ever see anything on my stuff that you, you want to know how I did something or, you know, what's a, what's a resource you can look at, then just shoot me a message in a, or, a, or a comment or whatever. I'm happy to happy to fill you in. I should be um, – I, I bought a bunch of um, – what do you call it? Camera, like a gimbal for my, my mm. phone camera, uh, microphone, a bunch of other stuff. So I'm going to be doing hopefully some like small tutorials. I don't, I'm not big into editing. I don't know how to do it. Um, but I'm going to, there's some like small like staples that I think everybody should pick up like new painter or intermediate painter or advanced painter. Um, so I'll hopefully be having some, some videos in the near future, at least helping out people of like how to do stuff that seems tough, but it's actually quite easy to do nice nice yeah yeah if you're doing video stuff i can um definitely help you with anything you might need or well that'd be awesome yeah much appreciated so. and thanks for thanks for having me on oh anytime and every time <laughs> <laughs> so. okay guys thanks for joining and we will catch you next time see you later guys trident wargaming build it paint it play it